Welcome to the Level Up Podcast, brought to you by Century 21, the Harrelson Group, featuring masterminds with real estate leaders, coaches, and influencers, plus eye-opening strategy sessions with up-and-coming agents. You'll learn exactly how to go from agent to entrepreneur. And now, let's get to the latest episode of Level Up. Welcome back, everybody, to the Level Up Podcast. I'm Matt Johnson. This is where you learn how to go from an agent to an entrepreneur. And we've got Greg Harrelson here. And this is a uh, incredibly interesting topic we're going to talk about today. This is something, Greg, that's been on your mind and something you've been experimenting with. You've got some hard numbers and data. And we're talking about a solution to the problem most agents are not even aware that they have. And so this is going to be incredible, whether you're a high producer, whether you're a team leader, a broker, it does not matter. This yeah. really is a conversation about how to get more sales and how to grow a business. And uh, we're going to talk about some really fun stuff. So first of all, Greg, welcome. Hey, great to be back. Great <laughs> to be here. As you know, I'm just coming off of a trip from Peru. So we did mm-hmm. a the hidden Inca trail in Peru. And uh, I want to tell you, it was a blast. But when I was hiking up in the 14,000, you know, uh, elevation, it didn't seem that fun. So it really? seems fun now. Yeah. But I'm, I'm glad to be at back at sea level. I was going to say, I saw some of Brendan's pictures about his, the, like just the damage it does to your feet, just walking that yeah. much. Yeah, I was going to say, it did not look very fun, but uh, I'll, I'll take your word for it. All right, so, uh, so what's, what's your thinking process that kind of led down this path? Let's, let's set up the problem first, and then we'll talk about the solution. Okay, so first of all, I think that, you know, uh, I, I think there's a problem brewing in the, I, I started here. I, I've, I feel like I've identified a problem that we as agents or owners are not quite aware that we actually have. There's a problem that exists that we don't know that we have. Now, with that being said, we're talking about leads, okay? And, you know, if we go turn back time for five years, you know, there was a lot of people talking about, I don't have enough leads. I don't, you know, and maybe people didn't want to self-generate by using like a Mike Ferry system and prospect and generate their own leads. So there are people complaining, I don't have leads. I need leads. I need leads. Well, that problem has been solved. I mean, it's pretty simple. You could go to a lot of people and just throw a little bit of money out there and you can buy leads. So problem solved. The next, the next problem that came about though, is then as more and more people started buying leads, then it got a little bit more competitive and speed to lead became a problem. It's like, you know, an agent used to could say, well, as long as I call these people back in, a, in an hour, I'm fine. And then that was cut to 30 minutes. And then that was cut to 15 minutes. And then it was cut to five minutes. You have to respond within five minutes. And now it's pretty much you have to respond in real time, period. I mean, the, 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 and, but that problem's been solved. It's either been solved by Zillow from a concierge department, or at least they're attempting to solve it, um, or you hired an ISA or you, um, you have multiple agents sharing one cell phone saying, I'll take it between these hours and these hours. So the speed to lead, seems, that problem seems to have been solved, or at least the solution exists in the market. Yeah. Okay. Then the next problem is, well, the conversion, these leads are low quality. Well, I'm going to kind of push back on people that say that, because I don't think that leads are low quality. I think now... Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Most leads that we're getting most leads are opting in to give us their information. I mean, you know, if you're buying a lead, they're all saying, yes, I want some information. They're, they're, you're not buying a lead from a lead source that's somehow just giving you names and calling them leads. These are people that are, they're actually the consumers taking the first action. You know, so 
the problem that I see is not low quality leads. I see, you know, that, that and the problem that's known is that there's a conversion problem. Like people are concerned that the leads don't convert as high as they should. But I think that that problem has been solved by many people. I think the solution already exists. And that is, you just have to get better at your scripts and dialogues. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so you take the so, same pool of people, <clears throat> give give a hundred leads to two different agents. One agent is going to come out with more leads, more you know, more qualified leads, more listings, more buyer and seller clients because yeah. they're more skilled. So that's that's one way to solve that problem. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I have tested this in my own office years ago, where you know, I it's it's always interesting where a newer agent will come in and will teach them how to prospect and generate leads, right? And, and it's almost hilarious because it, it's not 30 days into it where that new agent will say, oh my gosh, nobody ever answers the phone on this list. This list seems to be old, blah, blah, blah. They say the same thing. And then the veteran agents will all look at each other and kind of laugh, right? Okay. And I remember, you know, when I didn't have as much patience or I, was, I wasn't as tolerant, um, you know, as a leader in my office, I just say, give me the damn list. And then I'd call behind the list like two days later after they called behind the list and then I'd get a damn lead. I'd set an appointment. And it's like, it's like, I knew it was never the list. It was how they were approaching the list. Right. It was their mindset, you know, where they had a scarcity mindset. Did they have some fear? Were they lacking confidence? Did they not know their scripts? The, The bottom line is that we know the solution to conversion. And uh, at least when we're talking to people to get them to, you know, to, to the next step has to do, that's a skill. That's a skill issue. So you can improve your conversion by improving your skills. Of course, you can improve your conversion speed to lead and things like that also. But those problems are all solved, or at least the solutions are known. Right. Whether the agent's doing anything about it, it's different. Yeah. So I think that's a long journey to get to what is the one problem that I, pe- I think people are not aware of that they have. And, and correcting this one can change their ROI tremendously. And that is, we don't have enough bandwidth to do the proper follow-up that's necessary to convert these leads from lead obtained to lead talked to. Right. See, there's a ratio. It's like I get yeah. 10 leads and I talk to four of them and I don't talk to six. And then I call tomorrow those, same, those six and I talk to one more of them. So now I've talked to five, but I paid for 10. Mm-hmm. I obtained 10 and I only talked to five. But then by the time the third day comes along, I've gotten more leads. So I don't have time to, to take the, the, those five original leads. I don't have time to make, to follow up with them on the third day, because I'm dealing with two other days leads. And then fast forward 10 days, 15 days, 30 days, four months. Now I've got hundreds and hundreds of leads that I don't have enough bandwidth. I don't have enough personal time or staff time to be able to continue to make all these calls. And studies say, show, you can just Google this information. It's everywhere that it takes on average around eight, nine, 10 attempts to get these people on the phone. Yeah. So if we're buying leads and we got 10 people, 10 leads means 80 attempts. Okay. If it was 10 leads at eight yeah. attempts, that's 80 attempts. Well then a hundred leads is, is 800 attempts. Mm-hmm. There's a point where like a thousand leads is 8,000 attempts. See, there's a bandwidth issue. Yeah. 
And what's happening is we're stockpiling all these names and numbers and emails. And then what's happening is this. I think agents have, instead of acknowledging that we have, they have a bandwidth issue, and this is a follow-up bandwidth issue, not a bandwidth issue for, to respond to the initial lead that day. It's the third and fourth day that they can't, they don't have enough time to go back to them. And then they lose confidence and faith that they're going to answer the phone anyways. Mm -hmm. So they just stop doing it. And then guess where our minds go? Our minds to claim, the real estate agent mind claims, that's a low quality lead. That's a dead lead. That's a non-responsive lead. They're, they're not serious. Mm -hmm. and, and, and here's what I've learned. Dead leads are not dead. They're only dead to you, but they're alive for somebody else. Non-responsive leads are not non-responsive. They're not responding to you, but they're likely responding to someone else. Mm -hmm. Non-active leads are not non-active. They're just not active on your website, and they're active on someone else's website. So when we solve our follow-up bandwidth issue, we will, get, we will see less dead, less non-active, and less non-responsive. And now we'll start getting into the, the point where, gosh, if we pay for 10 leads, we actually talk to eight of them, not five of them. Mm -hmm. If we got $10 going out for 10 leads and we talk to eight people and our skill sets stay the same, our return on our investment will go up mm -hmm. tremendously. And that's, that's, I think, instead of saying, I can do more business if I spend more money. No, we're spending enough money right now. We're just not capitalizing on all the things, the fruits that we're getting from the money that we're spending. So when we're going into sh a potential shifting market, potential, we don't know, but a potential shifting market, you know, throwing more money out recklessly is not going to be a solution. It's too risky. We need to kind of step back and start looking at the assets we have in our possession and say, how are we going to optimize the systems to get more out of what we already paid for so we can increase our profitability? Yeah. And, and going back to the dead, the dead leads, the dead, the lead is not dead. It's only dead to you. And the reason that you know that is because you've been doing the testing. You've been going back to dead leads, it sounds like, and reactivating them and figuring out, hey, these are just... These are just people that were never contacted initially and so got shuffled on to you know, the dead inactive category, not because there was a conversation where they said, I'm not interested in buying a house anymore. That was a mistake on your website. I didn't mean to put in my information. They're never <laughs> having a conversation, right? And of course, you wouldn't believe that anyway, but yeah. there's no conversation taking place. So they're not, it's yeah. not that we're disqualifying them with any knowledge. We're That's disqualifying right. them just due to not being able to reach and contact them. And so if you can figure out a way to contact a higher percentage of them, you can spend the same amount on lead gen, but get a higher return on the time and the money that you lay out there. So the question is, how do you yes. do that? Is the answer just making more calls? Because I know where people's minds are right now, which is that this is Greg Harrelson talking. We must be about to talk about why I need to make more calls. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Okay. Well, Greg Harrelson is always going to tell you you need to make more calls, right? That's right? Because I'm making an assumption that you're not making any. So like <laughs> five or six would be a good number. Um, no. So I'm so glad that you asked that because that is... The problem, the problem that I'm saying is there is a point for the best person out there, the best out there, you still have a bandwidth issue. 
Right. Because you, we can accumulate leads faster than we can physically call them. Now, I'm not, this is not about the initial call. It, it, it's the two to three days later that we're no longer able to make multiple attempts. Like you, you may be, you may, you may use Chris's Smith, Chris Smith's, um, uh, had a great uh, uh, technique years ago that I heard him talk about, and that was double dial. Yeah. You know, the double dial, like, that's great. You made two attempts right there. And then I added the double dial text. And then we, it went to double dial text email, right? That became our little routine. Well, that was four attempts. But if you, even if you're doing that today, congratulations, because you're probably getting a lot of people on the phone, you're still, still not going to be enough because when we get a lead, a lot of times that person doesn't realize or think that we're going to call them back at that minute. So they're at work, right? right? And then they fill out something. And then all of a sudden, within seconds, we're double dialing in them, nailing them on text, nailing them on emails, and they can't take the call. They can't take the call. Right. And so the key is, is like most real estate agents don't have the bandwidth to maintain that type of intensity in the attempts that they're making for multiple days in a row. Right. That's the issue, right? So it's it, obviously it's got to be automation. Yes. Okay. This, it's, this has got to be automated. And, and yes, when it comes to like data, I, I truly believe that with buyer leads, I truly believe that the conversion rate is really up there in that 10% conversion rate. I believe that that's really what's available for us. Now, mm. we, we know- Over what period of time? Over, say, a 24, uh, no, about, about an 18-month period of time. About an 18-month period of time. Because, okay. you know, we're, we're capturing the lead earlier now. Yes. So we're, we're capturing them in the dreaming phase. Yeah. Um, and not necessarily in the buying phase. So it does take time. But I do believe- that at least our numbers show, and, and we're talking thousands of leads that we've back-tested, yeah. our numbers show that there's around a 10% conversion rate. That's about the, a good conversion rate that you could expect as a list of leads. Okay, okay so just so, so I understand I this, we're not, we're not talking about 10% that you believe you can personally capture. You, you're talking about like in, a, in, like in the dead list that you've looked at over an 18-month period, they have converted into a doing a transaction yes 10 percent of the time and so that's like the total market share available out that's of a right. random list of dead leads yes yes okay. so because because you know right now i mean people like to 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 brag that they've got a, th a three percent conversion rate yeah but most of the time even people that say that they have a three percent conversion rate and listen i know there's some of you out there that do legitimately have a three percent but for the most part the, the real conversion rate of, from lead capture to closed transactions amongst the real estate industry is, is sub 1%. It's less than 1%. So what I'm saying is, as an industry, we're getting less than 1% or 1% as a conversion, but there's 10% available. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting is that what, that 1% conversion, people are struggling and trying to get it to 2%, thinking if I could get the 2%, I am, I'm excelling in our industry. And I'm saying, no, we're not excelling. That's if you think that the top is 3%, then you're excelling. You're doing really good. The top is 10%. Mm -hmm. So when we look at the availability of deals that's within our own databases, we are failing miserably. 
but I'm, the people that I'm seeing failing are actually have already solved problem one, two, and three. It's not their skill. It's not their speed to lead. It's their buying 10 and only getting five on the phone. Mm-hmm. Makes total sense. Okay. So let's talk about the automation a little bit. So the, the solution, we talked about the, the fact that the solution is just not the agent making more calls. You're always, no matter how good you are, you're going to hit the bandwidth issue and you can always buy more leads than you as the agent or even a team of agents or even a team of agents with ISAs and a team yeah. of a, a team of agents plus a whole team of ISAs. Like, it's a, like no matter what, you can always outspend your own bandwidth, right? Yeah, or, or time, you're going to accumulate the compound effect that you're going to accumulate more than you're going to be willing to add ISAs. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah so, it's a big risk. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm pro ISA. So it's not that I'm saying get rid of your ISA. Uh-uh. No, don't hear that. Yeah. But, but what's happening is no matter what your structure is, there's still a, a, a segment of the list that needs to be worked that you cannot justify actually putting manpower on right and that segment is very profitable that segment we usually have segmented that into what we say these are dead these are non-responsive these are inactive Mm -hmm. and i think we got to stop putting those labels on that segment because they're not dead they're not non-active they're not not responsive they're just all of those things for you acres of diamonds all over again Mm mm-hmm Okay. All right. So let's talk about how the, how at least either theoretically, or we can talk about it practically. So how does that work? What does the automation look like that reactivates what we would consider dead leads? Cause we were never able to actually talk to them. We don't know anything that's going on with them. We just know that they raised their hand at some point and they're a quote lead. So what's the automation look like that reactivates them? You know, the, the automation, the, the way that I like, the way that I look at it, at it is this, okay. Day one, new lead comes in. you got to, you got to work them. Like, forget about automation. Right. I mean, you got to pick up the phone. You got to do your job, right? Speed to lead, call them, have good skills. But then a couple days later, when you catch yourself saying, ah, I, I like, if you, ha- if you had all your leads on a piece of paper, which most people have them in a, in a on electronically, I think in paper, um, old school, you know, yeah. when, when you're turning over the lead and you're dialing and then you're turning over the lead and you look at that lead and then you say, ah, never mind, I'll, I'll dial that one tomorrow and you turn it over. Whenever you flip over a piece of paper or pass over a lead and you don't call them, then you've already checked out. So that's the category right there where we're like, we're just not motivated to make another attempt. Then what we're doing is, and one of my good friends created this, so I've kind of been tested. He's testing it with my office. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what he did is he created a system. Uh, similar to like an agent legend type of system, those types of things where he plugs them in, right? And then depending on what type of lead it is, like an expired, there will be say a six day campaign that would be a combination of texting, voice broadcasting and emailing. And all the content is orchestrated in a way where we know nobody responds to the emails. Very few people, like it's a low response rate to the emails, a high response rate to the text messages, but we don't get a response on the text messages until around the eighth attempt, seventh and eighth attempt. Now that's on the the expired category. So we know right there that it takes a couple, like say three or four voice broadcasts in a three or four day period of time. Mm -hmm. It'll take, you know, multiple emails, maybe one email a day in that three or four day period of time. And then maybe two or on average one and a half texts a day for say four or five straight days. 
And that com- th- those type of combinations is what's getting us the response. Now, you got to understand, if you don't want to respond to me, you're probably going to respond to me. Because okay. I'm texting you and texting you, then I'm leaving you a voicemail. And then I'm texting you, did you get my voicemail? And then I'm emailing, hey, I don't know if you've been disconnected from you know, the, your, your phone, but I just wanted to check to see if you got the email uh, or if you're getting my messages. And I keep going over and over and over again, you are going to respond to me. If anything, you're going to respond and say, hey, I'm not interested. Perfectly fine. Like we're talking about the five people you're not getting on the phone. If one was to tell me I'm not interested, that's better than me not having any engagement at all. Because then I know, like they could say, no, I've already listed with somebody else or I already purchased. Fine. Then I can take them out of the queue. So we never dial them again. All of that is helping me, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it's by using those channels of communication, orchestrating it in a way, like in a campaign where, you know, you're, you're, you're saying this one time and make sure that, you know, four hours later, this voice broad goes out and says, hey, I just wanted to see if you got my text. I'm sure you're busy texting you in the middle of the day. You could be busy, uh, you know, doing some work, but I wanted to, you know, ask you a few questions. Could you respond? You know, or, you know, please give me a call here. Yeah. They're not going to call me back. They're going to eventually respond to me on text. But I, what, the reason why they're going to respond to me on text is because they, I believe in their minds, they say, man, this person's really working their butt off, really trying. They're letting me off the hook. They're actually being courteous to me by, by, by responding to me. Hmm. Instead of saying, man, because I'm putting in so much effort, right? Right, to right. These people. So what we're seeing is we can take our dead leads or non-responsive or inactive, which we're not, we don't really call them that, but that's how most people you know, connect with it. And we're going to get a 38 to 40% response rate on that list. That is going to be the list that we've already went through and can't get anybody on the phone, can't get anyone to respond. So this is the people that we're putting, most of the time, agents are putting these people in the trash can. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so we're getting them out of the trash can and get them back into engage. We're trying to engage with them. Now, right. some of and that's why you say... Some of the responses will be, I'm not interested, please, you know, no need to contact me anymore. That's okay, okay too. That, like, we jump up with joy because we're talking about five leads out of 10 that we're never going to talk to and we got an engagement from them. Fantastic. Hmm. Okay. So we're taking listings from expireds. We're, uh-huh. we're, we're converting buyers. This is, I mean, from all the categories, we're, we, we've, been, we've been doing this. So that's why I'm saying people hmm. don't know that we have this problem. Right. And, and I don't know anyone that's really solving it. Mm-hmm. You know? That's really good. Okay. So 35 to 40% response. You're saying some of those could be negative responses. So we're not talking about, yes, they raised yes. their hand again and said, yeah, I want to talk to somebody about buying or selling. So it's not that, but it is a response. Yeah. Uh, a high percentage of those are going to be, you know, I'm, I'm still interested. Sure. Um, yeah. And then at that point, you mentioned earlier, like, you know, we're not saying get rid of your ISAs. This is not a replacement. This is a supplement because at that point, it sounds like if you're running all this automation, if you're a single high producing agent, that call would go to you. But if you're a team that has ISAs, that sounds like the perfect time for an ISA to step in and do what an ISA does, right? So at the point where they re-engage, yeah. they get a call back maybe from the ISA. Yeah. So in, in my office, um, we do have an ISA and, and our, well, I only have one ISA, but that one ISA is actually running, is doing your traditional ISA job, 
you know, all the things that they do. Um, and she's running this system on the, the ones that she cannot ever get a hold of. She's running them through this system. And then while she's doing stuff over here, the opportunities are bubbling up over here. And so that's how we were able to increase our bandwidth. So it doesn't matter if it's an individual agent or an ISA. An individual agent typically has less leads than a agent that has an ISA. And an agent with an ISA has less leads than a team with three ISAs. But let me tell you one thing that's common amongst all three of them. They got a bandwidth issue. Right. Interesting. Yeah, I think, I think the role of the ISA is going to be interesting to see that evolve. I, I can see it being someone sitting in front of like a stock trader style, like six or nine monitor setup. And all they're doing is monitoring either outgoing or ongoing uh, like automated communication between AI bot mm-hmm. of some kind and the prospect who's going to start responding more by Facebook message and text, like you mentioned. That's yeah. how they're going to start to interact. And then I think at some point, the AI will take over and get to the point where they can have some of the initial conversations. And then the ISA can step in and, and take over the conversation at whatever point we deem necessary. But yeah, I think that's going to, that role is going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And this is one of those, those very first steps towards it. So sure. like, what phase are we like, how far are we away from like the product that your, your friend is developing? How far are we away from that being like deployable for the people that are listening? I'm going to assume, um, he's probably a month away before like he goes out and and uh, allows people to, you know, sign up for it or, you know, uh, I guess, hire, hire the service or whatever you su- subscribe to the service. Say it's about a month away. From my, from my standpoint as a user of it, it's, um, I mean, we're using it right now. I mean, you know, gotcha. so, And this is not, just to clarify, this is not something where you need like the Greg Harrelson long-term nurture. Like this isn't based on some of the other things that you're doing to stay in touch with people over the long term, This is literally going back and reactivating old leads that you're not in communication with. So even if you don't have like the Greg Harrelson database nurture system, like all that other yeah. stuff, it has nothing to do with that. This is something else. Completely independent. Like. Yeah. See, like, like you're referring, like our Infusionsoft stuff that we yeah. had created years ago. Um, and, and we still use Infusionsoft and for long-term drip. Yes. So that's a long-term drip system or whether it's my Infusionsoft or whatever you're using for long-term drip, the thought behind that long-term drip is over the long haul, deliver value to, to as many people as you can, even those that are never thinking or haven't thought about doing business. And then because you're delivering value over time, you're going to build trust and authority and you'll be their go-to person when they have a referral or they need to do business. That's the long-term nurturing program. This is, this is not long-term. This is like high intense, high intensity, high uh, attempts of contacts in a very short span of time. Hmm. So this would be like a campaign for, for what we're talking about here would be a maximum of probably 10 days. That'd be the maximum a campaign would last. Hmm. And, and, and we know, again, that the, uh, the average person is going to respond on the eighth attempt. We already know that because we're tracking all the data. So we know now that the, 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 it, it just takes about eight attempts before they respond. And what I liked what he did is I can see when they open the email. So if somebody's, I'm running, the, uh, uh, say, a six-day campaign on somebody, and they're opening the email, but they're still not responding. So we will let that be a trigger where the agent will manually go and try to reach them. Mm-hmm. Because we know. So if they're opening the email, you know, after a while, if they weren't, what we think somewhat in the game, 
then they'd stop opening the emails. But they keep opening the emails. It's just always the response comes from the text. Hmm. So it's important that the emails be constructed in a way, if we know that they're going to open them, then that's our opportunity to put some sort of information or verbiage in front of them that helps build that trust. We're not anticipating the email response, but we are going to use that split second or two that we have their attention to impress upon them some message that we think improves our, our chance of getting them to engage with us via text. Right. All right. That makes total sense. That's going to be interesting. So if we're only a month out, that'll be, that'll be awesome to see how that develops. Yeah. We've been using it for, I I don't know, two months maybe. And you know, like any technology, I I laugh at them because it it breaks and, and whatnot. So, you know, that's, (laughs) so he said, oh, it's okay if it breaks on me. You just can't have it breaking on anybody else. (laughs) All right. Well, let's, uh, let's, um, Let's close out with this. So, because we don't, uh, this will be released later. Uh, I know your standard line is just like reach out to you via Facebook Messenger yeah. and and so forth. It sounds like that's probably the best way since we can't talk publicly about just who it is, what it is, the brand, and all that stuff. And the yeah. time is, we don't know what the timing is. So, it sounds like the best way is just to kind of reach out to you and kind of see where things are at if you're listening to this episode, just to see if it's out yet or not. Yeah. And I mean, I can say this. I know that he does have a landing page, I think, up and it's Contact Junkie, contactjunkie.com. So the name of his his company is called Contact Junkie, J-U-N-K-I-E. Okay, perfect. You like That's a good name, huh? Contact Not Junkie. Because that's what he's doing. Expensive staff. I love it. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And I think I, I haven't been, I think he showed it to me, but I think, um, I think all you can do is probably put like an, uh, an email and he'll let you know. If, yeah, uh, yeah. There's a basically a Google form. So just uh, name, sell, your market, your company name. Uh, yeah, and then you can get on the list to, uh, to be the first in your market to, uh, to test drive it. Sweet. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, this was interesting. This is one of the most in-depth episodes. I love how your brain works on this. And I love that you're, you're the only one I know that thinks about it at such a deep level to even uncover and describe and identify the problem that way. Yeah. Uh, and, and that comes from being just in the trenches and, and doing it like with your agents all the time. So, uh, yeah, that was super fun. Um, yeah. for anybody that's listening, uh, if you enjoy like these types of episodes that we we've done other ones on this, where Greg and I go deep on something specific, those are all on the website, the level up podcast.com, or you can catch them on YouTube as well. <clears throat> if you, uh, if you enjoy the show, make sure to go rate and review us on iTunes or Apple podcasts, whatever platform you listen on, you can leave us a five-star rating. If there was a particular guest episode that you really enjoyed, you can give them a shout out in the rating, uh, to let them know to, kind of thank them for their uh, contribution. Or if you just like Greg, give him a shout out. (laughs) I don't have anybody like just sending me those types of message. (laughs) Well, they should, they should reach out to you on messenger. Just thank you for doing the podcast because the stuff that you bring, good Lord, man, like you and I haven't even talked about like, this is a behind the scenes at a conference, like sitting out on the couches type of conversation. Um, yeah. And I've been privileged to have a couple of those with you and that's literally the only place I've ever heard people talk about at, at this, that this depth essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Well, yeah. I, I tell you, you know, I, you know, I, I'm in such a good position, um, because I am in the trenches and I am focusing on developing my agents. Right. And mm-hmm. so I, I, I'm a, I'm an agent's coach. I mean, for the most part, that's what I do. That's what I'm passionate about. And, and so the way that my company is structured and the model of the company, I'm forced to dig deep into finding solutions for my agents. And that's, and, and so I'm not, 
ever, I'm not trying to find solutions for an industry um, and thinking, hey, let's create this product so I can sell it to an industry. I'm thinking, I have got to help my agents build their business. So I, because I stay at, I've got to help this agent get from 30 deals to 70 deals, then it, I stay in that dialogue. So I think it's a whole different uh, uh, set of conversations that I get to have. It, it forces me to analyze it differently because I'm not thinking about like building solutions to, to go to a market for something. I'm yeah. thinking about, I've got this responsibility to help this agent get from this point to another point, that yeah. type of thing. So yeah, I, yeah. I think it gives me a real advantage. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. And rather than thinking about it in terms of trying to come up with a product to sell, you're thinking of it in terms of starting with the real problem and the person who experiences it and how they're experiencing it. Like you really get into the problem. I'm trying to solve my problem. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. Let, let me be clear here. What we just talked about is a problem that we have in my company. Mm -hmm. And so me and my CFO and, and my, my friend, you know, we've been talking about this problem and like, we know the problem, we've got to find the solution. So really what we're doing is we're just trying to solve our own problem so we can continue to excel. And yeah. then every once in a while, you know, it, something works because <laughs> we, we have, a, we, we have a lot, create a lot of solutions that are just go bust completely. <laughs> I mean, maybe we need to have an episode of all the screw ups that I've had. Ooh, that'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only sharing the winners with you. <laughs> Actually, that would be a blast. Um, yeah, that, that would be a lot of fun to do. Yeah, right, I'll, well, I'll start making a list of all the yes. things I thought was going to be the next big thing that was completely a bust. <laughs> all right. Awesome. Well, Greg, this has been fantastic. Um, yeah. So super pumped for people to hear this episode. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, everything that you do, make sure that uh, people reach out to you on Facebook Messenger to connect. 